Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Compatibility. The first look at betting next week's games in the NFL. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What up and welcome in another edition of the Opening Lines here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel, Matt Humans alongside as well. We got a lot to get to. The penultimate week of the National Football League regular season is upon us. It's a big word, and I used it perfectly, Matt Humans. The second to last week, for those of you who are not as savvy with the English language as I am. We should update, I guess. I'm sure a lot of you have stopped watching, except for player props and whatnot. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys on the verge, of course, of winning this game and going to 11-4 of the season, up 56-7, to 14-16 left to go in this game. So really nothing at all left worth mentioning about this game. And I think this will probably be the last time, yeah? Yeah, it's probably time for uh, Washington to find a franchise quarterback and a nickname and move ahead as a respectable franchise. This is This is a joke. I think it kind of... Uh, encapsulates the last two decades of uh, the Washington uh, football franchise. Man, what an honor to be able to bring the Red Wolves era into glory. Here next. Red Storm. Uh, Red Storm, that'd be a good one too. Be Red good. Wolves, anything's better than the football team. I, 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 football team's grown on me, like uh, a soccer club, you know, Washington FC. No, just, nothing? No, come on. Well, it is worth mentioning that this game, now this is another uh, big favorite that ends up getting the win and getting the cover. Uh, favorites today, big day, 9-3 straight yeah. up on the day, 7-5 against the spread. So you would assume that it was a relatively solid day for the people at the window. Now, we did get a big upset from the Texans and the Chargers, but we'll get to all of that win later in the program. We are mentioned, or excuse me, joined 
by Chuck Esposito. With that, though, let's get to the opening lines, what we're all here for as we look ahead to Week 17 of the National Football League. First up, big one here in the AFC. The Indianapolis Colts are red hot, getting a win shorthanded on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. They are playing host to the Las Vegas Raiders. Open here on the look ahead with 7.5 with a total of 48. Reopened today. Colts 8.5 with a total of 46.5. Then we get to the Giants on the road against the Chicago Bears. Look ahead 4 with a total of 37.5. Reopened Chicago minus 6 with a total of 37.5. And And the Bucks look ahead 11 with a total of 45.5 on the road against the New York Jets. Reopen Tampa Bay minus 13 with a total of 46. I'll let you take it, of course, to I think the most important game of those three, Colts and Raiders. Yeah, Colts-Raiders. Like you said, the the Westgate Superbook had 7.5 on the opener. I'm not surprised to see it a little bit higher. The Colts should be healthy on the offensive line. You yep. think back to full strength? Uh, I think you can assume that. No, you can't. You, you it's can't not, assume it. But it's, not safe. Them... it's not safe to assume anything in the COVID, current COVID climate. But, but but most of them were COVID absences uh, right. for the most part. So you would assume that uh, that would be something that corrects itself. Although there were some actual injuries there for Indianapolis yeah. in that game. Uh, anyway, a healthy Colts team is going to be a healthy favorite over the Raiders. Yep. I bet the Raiders today, and I was not happy with Derek Carr at halftime. That was one of the worst throws, one of the worst decisions yes. I've seen him make in his career right before the half to throw the pick on the screen pass. And um, I guess I was fortunate to get there with the Raiders turning the ball over three times. Uh, but they faced Drew Locke and a, and a Broncos team that uh, was dead on arrival today. And the Colts, much different uh, story. So I'm not going to be looking to back the Raiders two weeks in a row. I think the Colts might steamroll the Raiders. You remember what happened to JVT last year when the Colts came to Vegas? Uh, why don't I remember? They lost the game, right? No, Colts no, rolled. No, Colts me, yes, rolled yeah. Yeah. big time. Put up, I think, 42 points. I'm going to say it was like 40. Two to twenty-three, something. If, like that. if I'm remembering correctly, it was the Raiders' last trip to Indianapolis that the uh, Colts ended up losing against. The yeah, Lakers. the Raiders yeah. did uh, upset the Colts. That's yep. a good point. A couple of years ago, when the Raiders had a really tough scheduling spot in Indy, and they went there and got the big win, and that stunned a lot of people. Uh, the New York Giants, an unbettable team at this point. It's a sad situation with the Giants, and it's it's hard to see the Bears as favorites like this. But Nick Foles brought it today. I told you he was yep. going to be bring the. Big uh, big neck energy uh, to the Bears today, and he did it. How about that comeback uh, by the Bears in Seattle? And uh, as far as the other game, the Buccaneers steamrolled the Panthers. And um, Panthers have problems at quarterback. It doesn't matter. Wow. Yeah. Cam Newton's lost, what, 13 or 14 consecutive starts as a Carolina quarterback. Sam Darnold's getting reps. It's just ridiculous. Uh, the, the Carolina defense is a joke. Matt uh, Rule's invoking Jay-Z in post-game press conferences, wow. begging not to get fired. Yeah, it's an absolute nightmare for the Carolina <laughs> Panthers at this point. So we move on from there to our next three uh, games uh, up on the board here. Look-aheads, of course. First, Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Look-ahead was 13.5 with a total of 44. Falcons just get by the Detroit Lions. Bills take care of business against the Patriots. Reopen 14 with a total of 44.5. Cardinals on the road against the Dallas Cowboys. All of a sudden, a desperate Cardinals team mm-hmm. who has just been sliding now ever since. Uh, Dallas Cowboys look ahead two and a half with a total of 50. Reopen Dallas minus three with a total of 49. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a hook added on to that game, given what we've seen from the Cardinals and what we have seen from the Cowboys recently. And then those Carolina Panthers you mentioned on the road against the New Orleans Saints. We have yet to see the Saints play. We don't know who will play quarterback in this game as Ian Book's getting his first start on Monday. Saints on the look ahead were seven with a total of 39 and a half. No reason to adjust it. So New Orleans seven with a total of 38 and a half reopened today. But the Cardinals, the Cardinals Cowboys matchup is now the most fascinating one on the board, given what we've seen from the Cardinals lately in the matchup here, where you could see another scenario where the Cowboys come out here and are able to run the ball successfully against Arizona. Uh, no question. So look at these three games. I think it was, it was obviously a huge win for the Bills today in Foxborough. 
you're, you're probably going to see that team really energized for yep. the st- stretch run. Um, I'm not really inclined to take the points for the Falcons or lay it with the Bills. That's one of those uh, probably throwout games for me right off the top. Cardinals-Cowboys, I thought the Cowboys looked cheap here at two and a half on the look ahead. And I thought about playing the Cowboys actually less than a field goal. I wanted to see how they look tonight because Dak's been in a slump. Well, you're not going to hear much about Dak's slump this week <laughs> after what's happened tonight against the football team. And I think you're right. Uh, this line, if you like the Cowboys, lay the three now because I do think you're going to see three and a halves. With the Cardinals banged up, Kyler Murray looks like a shell of his former self uh, right now. So the Cardinals are a tough team to bet. Panthers, Saints. How about Sean Payton putting in a call to Drew Brees to see if he wanted to come back for one game and one game only on Monday night? That reeks of desperation and a lack of confidence. And Ian Book, like, are you really going to try to get Drew Brees out of retirement for one game because you have that little faith in Ian Book? Yeah. Wow. Okay, anyway, I I think uh, the current state of the Panthers dictates they have to be at least seven-point underdogs, if not more, no matter who starts a quarterback for the Saints. Yep. But it is going to be attempting for me to stay away from the Panthers if it's still floating around that seven by the time we get to the. <laughs> I, I can stay away. I took the points with the Panthers in uh, one contest today. Wow. Okay. Bad decision. Yeah. Move on. All right. Philadelphia Eagles on the road against Washington football team. So we talk about adjustments here from the look ahead to the reopen today. Uh, you did see an adjustment, and I would expect that we probably get up to four and a half for next week. Look ahead was two and a half in favor of Philly with a total of 43 and a half. Reopened today, Philly three and a half with a total of 43 and a half. And as I said, would not be surprised to see this get up to four and a half, given the public sentiment behind the Philadelphia Eagles and, of course, what we just saw from the Washington football team. Then you get to the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals. Chiefs, four-point favor with a total of 47.5 on the look-ahead. And there's no reason to adjust it because both of these teams are firing on all cylinders at this point. And the Chiefs right now, watch out, in control of the number one overall seed in the AFC. Given all of that drama, everything that we saw from the beginning of the season, and the Chiefs right now in the driver's seat for a bye week, and then you get Jacksonville on the road against New England. Patriots 15 and a half on the look ahead with a total of 42. New England 15 and a half with a total of 42 and a half. I laugh because Jacksonville, of course, the center of one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life, where they drive downfield looking competent for the first time in forever to potentially win a game. And then on second and goal, Trevor Lawrence decides to clock the ball. <laughs> <laughs> or was it third and goal? Regardless, burn to play <laughs> in a situation wow. which you need every single one possible. Trevor Lawrence has had a bad year. You can't blame it all on Urban Meyer, but it's obviously that situation didn't help. Uh, think about the Chiefs for a second. At the end of yep. October, they were 3-4. and four. They were coming off a 27-3 loss at Tennessee. And the next week, on November 1st, they barely beat the Giants. Uh, I think that was on a Monday night. Yep. And that team now, in late December, is in control of its destiny atop the AFC. So it's been a great turnaround for the Chiefs. Joe Burrow and his receivers lit it up today. Very impressed uh, by the Bengals. And uh, I just think the Jaguars are kind of kind of falling that no-bet zone right now uh, with, with teams like the Giants and, for me, the Panthers. Uh, I think the Jaguars are in that group. Yeah, I teased them up, but I also used them in the contest and uh, did not go well. Did not go well. Thought they were going to do it. They were driving downfield looking very looking very good. Uh, should Worth noting, by the way, Chiefs now up to five at one shop with a total of 48.5 on the road against Cincinnati. That's going to be a fantastic game. The Bengals, of course, we saw today. Joe Burrow threw for 500 yards. All right, Miami Dolphins on the road against Tennessee Titans. Next up on the list. Seems like a long list. Well, that's because bye weeks are all over with, and we get all of these games on Sunday. No more Thursday night football. Dolphins on the road against Tennessee. Look ahead was 3.5 with a total of 40.5. Reopens Tennessee 4 with a total of 41. Wouldn't expect anything major outside of some injuries for Miami. 
from an adjustment from here after we see Monday night. Denver Broncos on the road against oh, Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers reopen as a five-and-a-half-point favorite, the total of 45 after the look-ahead was six. Not surprising to see a slight adjustment there as the Chargers lose outright to the Houston Texans. And speaking of those Texans, on the road against San Francisco, 15-and-a-half was the original number on the look-ahead with a total of 44-and-a-half units, now catching 14 with a total of 45-and-a-half in one shot, but those 15s are still out there. Yeah, the one game I, I would uh, look at here is Broncos-Chargers. It's uh, That is a really, really bad loss that the, yes. uh, the Chargers – uh, took today in Houston. Do they bounce back? I always say it's tough for me to ever bet the Chargers in the favorites role. They flopped in that role again today. Yeah, you won't get me to uh, bet on the bounce back, especially when you're laying points there. All right. By the way, irony that they don't go for it on fourth down once and lose this game? I don't know. Uh, all right. We go to Detroit on the road against Seattle. Nine and a half on the look ahead with a total of 42. Seattle then reopens today nine with a total of 42 and a half. Now the Rams and Ravens uh, in one couple of spots, not on the board because we don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be for the Baltimore Ravens. Worth noting, though, that the look at here was Rams minus two and a half with a total of 45 and a half. And then you get Sunday night football Vikings at Packers seven in favor of the Packers with a total of 46. No real adjustment other than the total here, uh, which is up to 47 and a half. And then finally, last but not least, Monday night football Cleveland Browns with the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the bigger adjustments we've seen from the look ahead humans Pittsburgh Steelers one and a half on the look ahead with a total of 41 and a half reopens Cleveland minus two and a half <laughs> with a total of 40. Yeah I was gonna say you, you give me the Browns and the underdog role in that game and I'll take the Browns I think already the up to three in some spots I think the Steelers pretty much uh, uh, showed today that they are uh, dead men walking at this point and as far as the other game, I, you know, I hate to say it because I, I wanted to write off the Vikings as a possible bet. Yeah. But the Vikings are going to be tempting to take that seven at Green Bay on Sunday night. Yep. All right. Well, that's all your look-ahead numbers and your opening numbers. Let's talk about where these numbers are now and what we're looking at for next week. And keep in mind, coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to have Chuck Esposito, the director of Station Casino Sportsbook, to talk to us about everything we saw this past weekend and what we're going to see next week. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Get replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Some of you freaks out there like to listen at one and a half speed. You can do that too. Go to VSIN.com slash podcast, get all of your favorite shows and more. They're all free. They're available now at VSIN.com slash podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I don't really mean that, by the way. I'm sorry. You're not freaks if you listen at 1.5 times speed, but it's a little weird. All right. So we move on to the opening lines. 15 minutes from now, Chuck Esposito, director of Red Rock Sportsbook, is going to be with us as we discuss what the week was. Uh, for, I'm really interested to see, because not only, humans, did you get the favorites delivering in a relatively big way this weekend, this, on Sunday, we'll call it, um, but a lot of these games went over the total. You know how betters love to bet these things over. So You had to bring that up. Well, why? Okay, if you want an example of why I hate betting totals, okay, and uh, you know I've talked about this with Aaron Renning a lot. He always says totals are where the money is. Yeah, I said well, <laughs> uh, not for me. I, I don't know how you can do it uh, because I bet what I thought was the best totals play on the board today: Giants Eagles under forty-one. <laughs> it's three to three at halftime. Yeah, how about thirty-eight points in the second half, including a pick six to go over the total? <laughs> That's it. I'm done with totals this football season. No more. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that would burn me, too. I would be a little irritated with that. And if you had an over, I'm sure you were like, I never was in doubt. I knew it the whole time. Um, well, 
we should ask Chuck about that anyway. So I'll have to bring it up one last time. But with that, though, some of the bigger games on the board for next week. Um, let's start at the top of the rotation. We touched on this briefly, but you know how I always like to bring this up in terms of market rating and how teams handle certain squads, or excuse me, how the market handles certain squads. And it does seem like a team like the Indianapolis Colts uh, is near the top of the market in terms of their pricing, right? So mm-hmm. you get Indianapolis over the weekend. Again, we'll see who's going to be available this coming matchup on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders, but a little extra time uh, to get rested, ready, and, of course, get a lot of guys negative. Uh, but Indianapolis reopens 8.5 with a total of 46.5. I think from a matchup perspective, it is a bad matchup for Las Vegas, right? We've talked about the fact that this Raiders team is somewhat soft against the run, right? Middle of the pack below average, and a lot of run defensive metrics. You can you can list them off, and we, we will throughout the week. From a matchup perspective, it seems like a nightmare. But this Colts team now, you're at the point where we're talking eight and a half at home against the Las Vegas Raiders, a point adjusted from this past you know look-ahead line. It does seem that there might be little to no value in betting on the Colts, at least for this coming weekend, because the market's at its peak when it comes to the pricing. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. At the same time as – as uh, much as people like to play teasers in the NFL, I yep. think the Colts are going to be one of the most popular teaser plays on the board, if not the most popular, because I don't see the Raiders going to Indianapolis to get this win. You knock this down to two and a half, that's going to be, I think, the preferred way for a lot of people to play it. I, I'm not into playing big favorites in the NFL. I actually bet the Chiefs. I laid seven with the Chiefs this week against the St- Steelers. Steelers r- really are only playable at this point at home against bad offensive teams. Right. They're on the road today against a Kansas City team they could not match scores with. Uh, Big Ben had no shot to uh, trade shots with Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, at home, catching points in those situations, right? They were catching yeah. four and a half against the Ravens. They were catching one and a half, if you got it at the right time, against the Tennessee Titans. So yeah. those are catch- Well, now they're catching points at home against yep. the Browns and Baker Mayfield yeah. this week. And I'll say it again, Browns are better off with Case Keenum at quarterback. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, as far as this goes, that's the way I think most people are going to play it. Uh, it's going to be Colts. You lay the points, or Colts. You bet. You put on a teaser. And, and it is worth pointing out that the one shop, uh, the lookaheads that I'm referencing, and the reopens are from the Westgate Superbook. The other screen, the, every other shop on the screen right now is actually showing seven and a half. One shop right now, there'll be DraftKings. This currently sitting at eight as of this moment. So yeah. got readjusted to eight and a half, but market did adjust. But still, the point stands. You're on that hook on a key number. So he's still at that market high in terms of what the Colts are laying. So we'll see what this happens. But, again, to your point, now you can knock it down to one and a half. I think it's going up. Well, the books that are at seven and a half right now are going to be going up to eight and eight and a half. So if you like the Colts, play the Colts now. Yep. All right, so from there to another key matchup uh, that we see on the board, one that I'm really excited for, and it's going to be pretty interesting because I think from a matchup perspective, we're going to get, I think, a lot of answers uh, about the Kansas City Chiefs in this run that they have been on. Because, the, look, the Cincinnati Bengals, from an offensive standpoint, they got a lot of things they can throw at you. They can run the ball extremely yeah. well if they really want to. Joe Burrow is clearly playing extremely, extremely well. Pinky, or was it the pinky, whatever finger it was, not bothering him anymore. So after a 525-yard performance today, they're at home catching four and a half at a one-spot five against the Kansas City Chiefs. I've got to tell you, I'm not going to uh, – the Bengals were at the top of the list to potentially play this coming weekend. The market, I get it. They're really high in Kansas City. We're getting back to that territory they were at the beginning of the year. But this is a really good Bengals team, especially from an offensive standpoint. Yeah, I agree. And actually, uh, the Bengals are going to be on my short list of possible plays this week as well. You know, you don't want to get mesmerized by what's happened with the Chiefs because really when you look at it, who have they done it against? Mm-hmm. Um, they've done it the last three games against – or last four games against the Broncos, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Steelers. And that Chargers game was a shootout. That was a wild game. That was one of the better games of the NFL season, I think, 34-28. Uh, but 
their defense was not great in that game. In this game in Cincy, I think their defense is going to face a much stiffer challenge than it has in most recent weeks. And uh, I wouldn't expect the KC offense to light it up to the same degree on the road against Cincinnati defense. I, th- I think the Chiefs are going to be life and death to win this game. Yep. Uh, I would be inclined to take the points here with the Bengals at four. I wouldn't be surprised because the public perception of the Chiefs They're has uh, changed so much yep. that if uh, the Chiefs are a real popular play with the public, but not the Sharps. Well, I, I think you bring up a great point, right? The Chargers game, you got to win that thing at overtime, right? After yeah. You have to come back and you tie that game, and analytics loses it for the Chargers. Then you get this really good matchup against the Steelers. <laughs> you know, we talked about it on Do the Numbers, right? Don't get fooled by the the Steelers. The Steelers defensively have actually not been very good. Oh. Their offense has been atrocious. Ben Roethlisberger during the week, I don't know if you saw this uh, from a, it was a media availability, but he talked about like, yeah, you know, we're getting it done. We're winning. I don't care if we had less than 200 total yards. Well, you should. And it showed up today against <laughs> Kansas City. And think about the other games. You're talking about two and a half, the first matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders, two and a half against the Dallas Cowboys, right? So now you're starting to see mm-hmm. that pendulum swing in the other direction. And it seems you're like, you're now back in that territory where Kansas City was at the beginning of the week. So from there, as you look at those two, again, five popping up on the screen, I would expect that that's probably the highest this gets, but who knows? The market has a lot of respect for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk a little bit more about what you do with the Chargers then because the Chargers, with an abysmal loss today against the Houston Texans, their run defense fails to show up once more. And I got to tell you, it's funny. One of my, I didn't retweet it. I'm not that petty. But there was an NFL analyst out there when the Bengals played the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It was in the first quarter. Sent off the snarky tweet of, there's a big difference between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, and you're seeing it right now. No. Right? No, there isn't. And no. I would take Joe Burrow, I think, over a Justin Herbert. Oh, I would too. Right? I mean, and it's the same one. They had their they had their senior seasons in college at the same time, and yep. I, I had Justin Herbert projected to be the top pick. He did not have a great statistical year, and Joe Burrow had before Bailey Zappi of Western Kentucky came along yep. this year, the best statistical year by a quarterback in college football history. So, yeah, I, I couldn't knock Joe Burrow being the number one pick at that point based on what he did in that championship season at LSU with 60 TD passes and six picks. I still think – Burrow and Herbert, it's kind of a coin flip who you'd rather take if you're going to start a team. If you're going to say Burrow, I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. If you're going to say Herbert, I'm not going to argue that either. I'm a huge Herbert fan, but how can you not like Joe Burrow? So I think different people are going to see different things and favor a different quarterback. It's going to be like a 50-50 split. But but to say there's a gap. There's no no gap. I think it's 50-50. Yep, I I completely agree. I would prefer a Burrow. Uh, You've seen like the the kind of the gamer in him as well. Today, the quote after the game, when they were asking him why he was throwing bombs downfield when they're up and there's no time left, and he's like, why? They did it to us last year. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he's he's right. awesome. But in yeah. terms of like the way this offense has evolved and the way that he has looked, but that, that's the Bengals. The Chargers today, Herbert has two interceptions, which were absolutely awful, yeah. right? The Chargers, from a defensive standpoint, don't look good, don't look comfortable. They can't stop the run in any way whatsoever. Like When you talk about the Chargers bouncing back, the, the, the Broncos are going to come in and try to run the ball. They're going to try to exasperate the same weakness we've seen for the Chargers mm-hmm. all year long, and I just don't know if I trust this Chargers team at all in the role I don't of favorite, trust, as you mentioned. I don't, I don't trust the Chargers. Right? I never trust the Chargers in the favorites role. And um, as tough as it is to look at the Broncos with Drew Locke, at quarterback, I, I think I might have to look in that direction. I don't know if I will. I'm more inclined to play the Bengals, especially like you mentioned. Yep. I see a five out there at the Westgate Superbook on Chiefs. At Bengals, uh, that would be that's going to be near the top of my, uh, my list of uh, possible plays this week. Be Cincinnati plus five. And, and to the point of that I'm making uh, today, the Texans Rex Burkhead 22 carries, 149 yards, 6.8 per yeah. carry, two touchdowns. They can't stop the run. They can't at all. 
and they're going to get a heavy dose of it against the Broncos. We talked about that for three months. Yep. It pops up again today in Houston. And, and one of the points that you brought up about the Broncos, because sorry, but I don't think there's that much of a difference between the Chargers and the Raiders at this point, right? I don't think there's six points difference between the two of them right now. Right. And you're looking at what the Broncos did from a defensive standpoint today. 5.1 yards per play for them. They forced the three turnovers, like you mentioned. That defense is going to be able to do something here against Herbert and the Chargers. So maybe it's a buy-low spot, but you are not getting me to buy-low. All right, from there, we go to. there's a lot of other different matchups, but I think initially uh, we have to go to Minnesota on the road against the Green Bay Packers. Packers 7 with a total of 47.5. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, what do you make of them? Because today, I, I think a terrible performance, 30-23 against the Los Angeles Rams. They get a couple of turnovers. Matt Stafford, man, we'll talk about that, some of the interceptions he threw. But 7 seems apt, and I wouldn't be surprised if it moves. You know, that's why it's kind of funny to me when you, you see a lot of these hot takes on Twitter or you, you listen to people talk about these quarterbacks and they you know will criticize Mac Jones or Justin Herbert or some of these young guys. Look at the veterans who look like fools on a weekly basis in this league. And Matt Stafford's one of them. Mm-hmm. Some of the, Russell Wilson did not look good today. Now, I know it was in the snow, but Russell Wilson had a terrible pick last week in that game. Even the veteran quarterbacks have made, made some terrible throws, but people like to pick on the rookie quarterbacks. Chuck Esposito joins us next. This is Opening Lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. All right, what's up and welcome in. Hey, a reminder, you can get in our big game special, only $39, 50% off the all-access subscription, access to in-depth matchup analysis and trends, pick for every game sport, exclusive blending splits, and more. Check it all out, visa.com slash subscribe. All right, Chuck Esposito is with us, the head honcho over at Red Rock Sportsbook. Chuck, before we get to making fun of you and the Chicago Bears, uh, to walk <laughs> us through the day, because uh, I was telling humans when we were talking about this uh, when we opened the show, uh, a day in which favorites, 9-3 uh, and three straight up, 7-5 and five against the spread. Games all went over, not all, 9-3 uh, and three to the over, too. So it seemed like on the surface a pretty good day for betters, no? Yeah, I think overall it was kind of a, a break-even day, guys. Uh, in the morning, uh, thank God the Texans won outright. Uh, that game was huge, uh, arguably the biggest decision of the day. It knocked down so many parlays, teasers, uh, money lines. Uh, we were actually up a little bit in the morning. Afternoon games pretty much went the better's way, except for the Bears uh, beating the Seahawks, which also helped. And then the night game was clearly, uh, you know, kind of the uh, the icing on the cake for the betters with the Cowboys and over easy win tonight. So pretty much maybe a small winner, break even for us overall. Um, but uh, yesterday was actually good, though. So if you look at the whole weekend, kind of a small winner overall for the whole weekend. All right, we're wrapping up week 16, looking ahead to week 17. But you, as a bookmaker, you love upsets. And uh, you talked about one, the Texans over the Chargers. How about the Bears winning in Seattle today? Nick Foles, <laughs> one more year for Matt Nagy. What do you say? <laughs> you know, we had a discussion off the air. You guys heard my answer. I think it's the same answer. But uh, it, it's not happening, boys. It's uh, uh, both Dalton and, and uh, I think Foles will be gone. And I think Nagy will as well. There'll be a new coach in there to kind of uh, see what you can get out of Justin Fields. But it was a big game for our side of the counter. No question having the Bears went out right. Really quick, Chuck, I would think that this was a matchup of two coaches who were probably on their way out, no? Uh, you mean Seattle and Chicago? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. I think there's going to be wholesale changes in Seattle. I mean, uh, Penny looked okay today. Russell hasn't looked the same. 
Uh, I think it's probably time they make a change there at head coach. And I just wonder if they waited too long, if they ultimately decide to deal Russell Wilson. I think he's going in, he'll be, I think he's 33, he'll be 34 going into next year. And he doesn't run the ball as much. And I know he's taken a lot of sacks in his career. Uh, I know they were looking for three number ones at least. And I think teams offered them that uh, in the off season, Chicago included. I just don't know if they get that for him now. Maybe they waited too long. Maybe he finished his career there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think there will be a coaching change in Seattle as well. I think there's going to be a couple teams so desperate for a quarterback they would still cough up three number ones. Yes. I think that, that You're probably right. I mean, when, when you look at teams like what you know the, the Saints are going through right now, what Washington's going through, uh, there are a lot of teams, the Giants, who are in desperate mm -hmm. need of a quarterback. And you've got guys like – you know, Baker Mayfield, who really struggles, Daniel Jones, who really struggles, you know, are they going to have opportunities to, to move on? Mitchell Drabisky, who, you know, is the backup quarterback in Buffalo at $10 million, could he start conceivably over some of these guys that are playing right now? But it's quarterback-driven uh, league, guys, and there is a lot of teams that are getting poor quarterback play through the first 16 weeks of the season. All right, looking ahead to week 17 here in the NFL, and uh, all these games are going to be on Sunday, except for the Monday night or no Thursday or Saturday games this week. And Chuck, you talked about tonight's blowout, uh, Cowboys 56-14 over the Washington football team. Next Sunday night's going to be an NFC North game. Vikings at Packers, and the uh, Packers won but failed to cover yesterday in that 24-22 victory over the Browns. Vikings get beat at home today. Uh, how do you handicap this game from your side of the counter when you look at uh, Vikings catching seven at Green Bay? Well, the Vikings already beat them once, beat them in Minnesota. I think it's a Viking team that is you know, they find ways to lose guys if they somehow got into the postseason. Um, could they win a couple of games? Absolutely. But I think the quarterback play really hurts them a lot. Coaching hurts them a lot. The Packers, they're not going to give up that number. They don't want to give up that number one seed. I mean, if you're looking at a team that has arguably the biggest home field advantage in the NFL, it's Green Bay. Uh, for any team to have to go play there in mid to late January uh, in Lambeau Field, it is a decided advantage for Green Bay if it's going to be Dallas or if it's going to be Tampa or the Rams. Um, I think it's it's tough to say that Minnesota is going to make a game of this, but uh, I, I would favor Green Bay, of course, at home, by probably around a touchdown or so. Now, Chuck, what about the first game on the rotation for next Sunday, the Las Vegas Raiders on the road against the Indianapolis Colts? A couple shops reopened this today at Indy minus 8.5. We're seeing these 7.5s across the board. Where do you think this gets to by the time we reach Sunday? You know, it might drop a little bit. You might see some local bias. Uh, now that the Raiders had a, had a win today, and mathematically they're still in it. But this is a Colts team, guys, that I think we talked about a few weeks ago. No one's going to want to play in the postseason. They play good defense. They have a really good offensive line, even they were missing two starters today. Arguably the best running back maybe in football right now in Jonathan Taylor. But can they win big games with Carson Wentz? But I think ultimately we'll be Raiders fans when this game kicks off on Sunday. All right, let's talk about the team the Colts beat on Saturday night, the Cardinals. And uh, they are going to Dallas to face the Cowboys. And the look-ahead line here, Chuck, was two and a half. Dallas minus two and a half. Now you're seeing three. Are you going to see three and a half on this game, the Cardinals at the Cowboys? I think you absolutely are, Matt. People are going to remember the, the last thing they saw. It's a Cowboys team that seems to be on a little bit of a roll right now. Um, Arizona's lost five of their last eight games. Something just seems wrong there. Um, I didn't think they were that good when they were the number one seed in the NFC. They were still good, and they're a playoff team. But I think you could look at you know Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, the Rams, Maybe even San Francisco, all in a neutral field, would be the favorite over Arizona. And I would pick those five teams ahead of Arizona. Uh, so I think you're going to see Cowboy money come rolling in. I think the game absolutely goes to three and a half. 
I think we'll be Cardinal fans on our side of the counter when that game kicks. You know, so, Chuck, one of the things that we were talking about is now, you know, the market, uh, they're all gung-ho because the Kansas City Chiefs are starting to look like the Kansas City Chiefs, where they win and cover again as a big favorite over Pittsburgh. But how do you think the market handles this matchup with Cincinnati? Because the Bengals continue to deliver, and Joe Burrow looks absolutely incredible. He looks great today. I mean, you look at the two games he had this year against uh, uh, Baltimore. I mean, record-setting games. And you saw John Harbaugh's face kind of after the game when he came up and talked to Zach Taylor. I think next year, you got to circle that first matchup with Baltimore and Cincinnati and see if that outcome is going to be quite as decisive. <laughs> but I think that's a big test for Kansas City. They're playing better than anybody in the AFC right now. Um, you know, if you're looking at the two Super Bowl teams, you'd say Green Bay and, and Kansas City right now are kind of on a collision course, which I think for our industry and the network and football would be huge. I think you'd have a record handle if it was Mahomes against Rodgers. But I think it's a tough test for, uh, for Kansas City against the Cincinnati team right now that's in first place in the AFC North. If it's Mahomes versus Rodgers, you probably see a few State Farm commercials during the Super Bowl. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yeah, guess. That might be kind of a cool prop. Yeah. And we haven't had so. it yet, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> we haven't had it yet, right? Because we've had quarterback absences for both of them when these right. two teams have played. So. Exactly. Yep. And that was, what, a 13-7 game when the Chiefs beat the Packers? Yep. First time this year. How about, uh, let's keep it in the AFC West with uh, Broncos and Chargers. Chuck, you, you talked about how that uh, Chargers flop today helped you as a bookmaker can you trust the Chargers here coming home as six-point favorites against the Broncos in Week 17? You can't, Matt. I mean, that, that's a horrible loss for them. They had a couple of good road wins over the last few weeks, but that's a, a horrible loss for the Charger team right now. I mean, they're a team that might not make the playoffs, and they'd be probably the best team that doesn't make it if they don't. Um, they have really don't have a home-field advantage when they play at home. Uh, so, no, I think with a loss like they had today, I don't trust the, tar- the Chargers as around a touchdown favorite against anybody right now. But Drew Locke really does struggle on the other side. I mean, if Bridgewater's back, I like Denver much more than I do with Drew Locke. That's another team that I think is going to be looking for a quarterback in the offseason, and that's Denver. Well, you hear the rumors that the Broncos are going to make a big push for Russell Wilson. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So. Well, I mean, they should, right? Yeah. Uh, more well, they were all in on Rodgers, too. I mean, right? there was that chatter that they were kind of the favorite for Rodgers. Um, even Pittsburgh. I mean, we didn't really touch on Pittsburgh, but they're another team that really needs a quarterback. And I've heard them even rumored with, with Rodgers. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting between Wilson and Rodgers. And, you know, I, I would say, you know, Pickett and, and uh, Corral are guys in the draft, depending how they look in the combine, that could possibly help some teams out. The Giants appear to be staying with Daniel Jones at, at $21.5 million. But, again, a quarterback-driven league, guys, and a lot of teams, are going to be looking for quarterbacks in the offseason. You know, there's a lot of people in Pittsburgh who'd like to see Kenny Pickett as a Steelers draft pick in the first round. And Pete Carroll, you know, we're, we're talking about him being on the hot seat, JVT. He just signed a contract extension last year through 2025. Mm-hmm. Not that that's going to prevent Seattle from uh, giving him the boot, but maybe it gives him a little more stability than some people think. How about the next Monday night game? Yeah, well, that's going to be an interesting one because from a look-ahead standpoint, Chuck, some spots last week opened Cleveland as a one-and-a-half-point underdog on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But now we're starting to see that Cleveland is upwards of a three-point favorite now on the road against the Steelers. Uh, what do you make of this shift we've seen in the market? Where do you expect this to end up by the time we reach kickoff Monday? I think at that price you're going to see Steeler money come in, guys, at home. I mean, there's still a, a tough team at home. They, they seem to play much better there. Uh, beat Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I can't trust uh, Cleveland as a road favorite with Baker Mayfield. I know they had chances to win that game yesterday, but four turnovers just doesn't get it for me. He still has a lot of struggles. I mean, if, if Chubb isn't running the ball well, they just don't seem to generate a whole lot of offense. I think there's a lot of value on the Steelers uh, if they're getting three points or more at home.
Chuck Esposito, again, director of Red Rock Sportsbook. Chuck, it's always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Thanks. Have a good night. You got it, man. Chuck Esposito. Yeah, we were uh, we didn't have a lot of – we're up against it, but I am curious what he thinks. Uh, Rams on the road against the Ravens, what that opens up uh, at once we know that Lamar Jackson well, will be quarterback. Yeah, I was going to say, you would expect Lamar Jackson's back. Man, that Baltimore defense is so racked with injuries right now. Tough to not, say. Not look good. All right, we continue to roll through some of these bigger matchups and uh, some of the bigger favorites on the board, too, because we got a couple of double-digit favorites on the board next week in the National Football League. is opening lines with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey, uh, check out the prop tracker. It's available on vsin.com. Keep up with the key NFL props, get current odds, line movement, and trends. All that and more. Just go to vsin.com slash NFL, vsin.com slash NFL. It's new, brand new, brand banking new. All right. Let's get to a little recap and a look ahead here because uh, one of the big favorites on the board for next week, Matt Humans, are our New England Patriots. Yeah. By the way, still a scenario in which the Patriots can miss the playoffs. But I don't want to bring up that negativity. <laughs> don't want to bring up that negativity. Right? Just get over the win total. Yeah. And uh, they'll beat the Jaguars this week, and we should be okay. But, you know, I've, you've heard me say this many times. I've said it so many times I get sick of listening to myself say it. Okay. Nothing can cool off a hot team like a bye week. The, rate, the Patriots had won seven in a row. They go into the bye, and they've looked like a bad football team here. The basketball bye weeks ready. You get extra time to get ready. Yeah, most handicappers <laughs> overvalue a bye week. Make a mistake by thinking a, a bye week is actually a valuable thing. Like you get rest, they're going to come rested out of the bye. How many times have you yeah. heard that cliche? Rest is not always a good thing. You want to keep rolling. You don't want rest. And uh, the Patriots rolling into the bye week, they have not looked like the same team the last two weeks. A big special teams blunder against the Colts. Today, just uh, missed tackles on defense, dropped interceptions, poor play calling again. The Patriots have regressed to what they look like in the first four or five weeks of the season. Yep, that is very true. So now uh, they fall to, uh, sadly, 0-2 straight up and against spread in their last two games and only 9-6 and straight up and against the spread on the season. But, I'll admit that you and I have been pro-Mac Jones the whole year. He has not looked very sharp the last two weeks. No, he has not. But he's also a rookie. Yeah. So the uh, the Twitter discourse on, <laughs> they got the gold jacket, Mac Jones sucks. Like, let's relax, <laughs> all right? <laughs> He's a rookie, and it's going to get a little rough here and there because uh, rookies, uh, last time I checked, first year in the league. Last time I checked, it's getting a little rough for a lot of veterans in the league. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, indeed. But, but I wanted to bring this up, one, because the Patriots are, are one of the double-digit favorites. But before we move to next week, let's get one last note from this week because mm-hmm. – it was not a great performance for New England, and New England now two consecutive weeks not look very good, and Bill Belichick has not been a very good spirits. He's not a good-natured guy with the media. No, but he actually yeah. apologized earlier this week to the media with the way that he treated them after the loss of the Indianapolis Colts, so it's fitting that we got this wonderful moment after the game with Belichick and the media. Hi. Um, football aside, sorry, but I'm doing a story about New Year's resolutions, and I was just wondering if you had any you wanted to share with your fans and our readers. Yeah, no, not right now. Okay, thanks. Maybe next week. Maybe next week, okay. He leaves the door no, open. He said maybe, maybe next week. Yeah, he leaves the door open. I love that answer because he goes, eh, eh, not right now. Maybe Who, next, maybe who next are the week. readers? Who does she work for? I haven't <laughs> seen they found week. out yet. I'm, I'm going to guess it's not the New York Times. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> no. I don't know. 
that that is hilarious. It's one of the. So I always said this, and I've been in uh, hundreds, thousands of press conferences over the years. The best moments come from the worst questions. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> they always do. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, and I've had, it wasn't a terrible question. It was just no. poorly timed. <laughs> it was just poorly. <laughs> Timing is everything, and that was mistimed. Uh, I would like to see him next week. So you know what? I'm going to circle back and run answer that question now. Here's my New Year's resolution. Yeah. Uh, how about the New Year's resolution is maybe always play the Jacksonville Jaguars because yeah. the Patriots were a uh, 15 and a half point favorite when reopened today against Jacksonville on the board right now. Still 15 and a half across the board, total 42 and a half. And before you turn your head at that too, by the way, uh, the Patriots this year have a history of beating up on bad teams, right? And when they have the opportunity, uh, they will do so. 36 to 13 over the Tennessee Titans, 25 to nothing over the Atlanta Falcons. They beat up the Browns 45 to 7, 54 to 13 against the Jets, right? So against poor teams, mm-hmm. they have the ability to run up the score, really outcoach them as Bill Belichick has done to many teams and, and put it on. And from Jacksonville's standpoint, you didn't see anything against the New York Jets that makes you feel confident that they're going to cover a number like this. It's an inflated number, yes, and it's probably the side I'd rather be on, so I'm not going to get involved with this game. But when you have the drive that you do at the end of that game, and Trevor Lawrence with zero awareness with the clock and the situation, yeah. spiking the ball on a third and goal, and you correctly said second and goal earlier in the show, a third and goal to give you just one shot at the game near the end. This is just an incompetent Jaguars team. Urban Meyer was a bad coach, but he clearly wasn't holding them back. And now you get this spot where, I, dare I say, a desperate Patriots team looking to snap a two-game slide. Who's Patriots need, teams? Well, you know what they need is obvious. It's a get-right game. Yep. We talked about that a lot in handicapping. This is going to be a get-right game for the Patriots. I think they're going to run the ball for 200-plus yards. Max Jones is going to have one of those high-efficiency games. <laughs> Are they going to achieve the Urban Meyer 250 yards passing, 250 <laughs> yards rushing on <laughs> offense potentially? Uh, no, I, th- I think the Patriots will get right here in the role. Uh, I know Mitch Moss has a long-shot ticket. Uh, Mitch Moss of Sin has a long-shot ticket on Davis Mills to be the rookie of the year. And the Texans quarterbacks made a big surge here late in the season. Yeah. And, um, and he had a dime today on a deep ball. Yeah. Uh, it's against the Los Angeles Chargers. He's look good. I mean, yep. the Texans might have actually stumbled into their quarterback of the future. Potentially. Uh, with Davis Mills. Plus, they could still get a big haul for Deshaun Watson. Um, I, I had to laugh last week. I don't know why NFL Network does this. But when they put up, like, the inactives or who's not going to play, for the Texans on the bottom line, they still list Deshaun Watson. Do we need that at this point? Do they really? Yeah. <laughs> are, we in the, are we wondering, hey, is Deshaun Watson going to play this week or not? Maybe. Now, I think you could probably drop that a long time ago. Anyway, Davis Mills has been really strong down the stretch. He has had a better year across the board, if you look at the numbers, than Trevor Lawrence. Yes. And it's not even close. Uh, so, yeah, I think it would be really difficult to put the Jaguars in this spot. I, I don't I'm not one who plays big double digit favorites in the NFL, but if you force me to pick a side here, I'm going to lay it with the Patriots cuz I think it'll be a get right game. And, and it's hard, you know, we see good examples of this all the time. Like the, the Lions are a really good example of it. In, in a couple of years ago I had a buddy tell me it was the year that the Dolphins were their worst. And he goes, "I'm going to bet against them every week cuz they're going to go 0 16 against the spread." I'm like, "You realize uh, how hard it is to do that?" I can't do that. Right, especially bad teams, the numbers get inflated to the point where they're how many times the Lions have covered this year. Right, and that's what I was going to yeah. say is, you know, the Lions are a bad team, but they're 10 and 5 against the spread mm-hmm. because they're in a lot of these inflated numbers. The Jags have been getting those inflated numbers and still they fall to 4 and 11 <laughs> on this on the season yeah. against the spread. It has just been a poor team and they have shown no life in any way whatsoever. And now well, this is the fifth consecutive yeah. game, no, sixth consecutive game that they have failed to cover. You know, the same thing, the Panthers have been getting inflated numbers recently. Yep. 
And the Panthers have not even been close to covering these inflated numbers. Yep, it's been bad. Five consecutive failed covers for the Carolina Panthers. So I think that's one thing you have to keep in mind here late in the season when we're talking about handicapping these games and these big underdogs. Some of these teams look like they're rolled over and quit. And and the, uh, the Jaguars look like dead dogs. So what do you do with teams, uh, for example, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, today? So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take care of business in a big way against those Carolina Panthers, right? Uh, it's an absolute beatdown, 32-6 to in this contest against Carolina. Tampa Bay is now the NFC South champions, right? They can mm-hmm. clinch it. Um, is there the letdown for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers after achieving a goal like winning the, the division and laying a big number now in mm-hmm. the following matchup? You know, I, I think that's a question worth asking. I have no idea what the answer is. Uh, Tom Brady seems to be the type of guy who's going to motivate that team, and he's always self-motivated to uh, so. play well every week. And they don't have many flat spots. Uh, I think the motivation in a game like this uh, for Brady and a lot of the, the Bucks stars would be to get a big lead and get off the field Yeah, and look ahead to the following week. The, the Buccaneers have a, such a soft schedule here on the back end uh, that, that that loss the previous week to the Saints is not going to be devastating. Uh, when you play the Jets and the Panthers twice, that's about as soft a landing as you can get. And uh, I am not one to believe in letdowns either. And the door is still technically open for Tampa Bay. They're 11-4. and four. The Packers, who are 12-3 and three right now in control of the one seed, still plenty of uh, real estate for them to somehow win these next two games and move mm-hmm. to the top overall seed in the NFC. So still plenty to play for for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So as I mentioned, we're going through the double-digit favorites here on the board for next week in the National Football League. Uh, we also have the Atlanta Falcons on the road against the Buffalo Bills. This isn't surprising. The Bills are power-rated to the moon. The uh, betting public likes them, really likes them, I think, after taking care of business against the New England Patriots today as well. And Atlanta, as we have seen, an inept team who had to get a late uh, defensive play to turn <laughs> away. Was it Tim Boyle and the Detroit Lions? Yeah. Uh, so now catching 14 against the Buffalo Bills, the Atlanta Falcons on the road. Yeah, I'll pass on the Falcons. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you, you said it again, what, four four drives inside the eight-yard line and yep, a total of uh, what? At three points three against points. San Francisco 49ers. Three points. Yep. Uh, this team just finds ways to fail. And today got lucky to beat the uh, the Lions at home, so uh, I can pass on the Falcons. I, I'm looking for what I think are live dogs here in the past couple – excuse me, the past two weeks of the regular season. I would not necessarily consider um, – the Falcons, a live dog in any, any sense of the phrase. Yeah. I mean, interesting. The initial, the one spot's at 13 and a half, but everybody else is at a flat 14. So we'll see what the, the market does with this. And here's the other thing that we haven't really brought up. I think, the, you know, sorry about that. One, yeah, one quick thing, too, here is the Bills, you have to be a little bit concerned about a letdown because that, how much buildup was there for the Bills to that game in Foxborough today? Mm-hmm. That's their biggest win of the year. Yes. So you have to be a little bit concerned. Maybe if you look at the other side, you're a little bit concerned about a letdown for Buffalo. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. And, and again, you know, I think letdowns too. Talk about letdowns in the sense of, you know, not covering big numbers, not necessarily right. losing some of these games, but not being able to cover inflated numbers. And you, you're talking about too, as you mentioned, right? This is a Bills team that had lost two straight. They get it. They get it right against Carolina Panthers, but then come in and get a really big win against a team. I guess kind of embarrassed them in that matchup in the wind, yeah. right, on a Monday night. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. All right, we've barely scratched the surface. There's a lot to get to for next week in the National Football League. For the second hour, we will continue to do so, including at one point we're going to get to the red-hot Philadelphia Eagles, who don't look now but are in control of the playoff season after blowing out the New York Giants. And, of course, plenty of college football coverage, too. Dave Koch is going to be with us in the second hour. It's the opening lines here on the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. 
What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.